Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I just love our intro jingle. SP3. I can't get enough of it. I was bobbing my head to it. I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) What's happening, everybody? We're back once again. It's Alex McCarthy and I am he and it's my wrestling daily. But today we've had a break from Louis Dangor and the co-host in the hot seat is SP3, the man of a thousand wrestling matches. How are you doing, my friend? I am doing well, sir. How are you doing today? I'm great. Um, I, I said to you earlier, I've been fighting off illness all week. Not like, not Rona illness, but like, you know, uh, sick, sick, trying to hold the sick in. Um, but today I feel better. And tomorrow, my kids don't know it yet, but we're going to Pepper Pig World. That's right. That's a what draw. The biggest that, heel in children's cartoons. Yeah, I mean, she really is. But uh, my two-year-old thinks she's the greatest thing in the world. So there you have it. Um, we've got a lot to get into tonight, guys. But I feel like at the top of the show, before I say anything else, we should say rest in peace to Tracy Smothers. Uh, obviously, we lost him today after a long battle with lymphoma, I believe. Um, a nearly a year-long battle. And the tributes have been pouring out. The Smothers on on Twitter. CM Punk's thread is particularly amazing, showing you just how great a guy he was. Eddie Kingston has laid a tribute to. Must admit, it's uh, his work was mostly before my time. Although I have caught a lot of ECW and WCW, uh, where he did appear and was a tag champion, in fact. Um, but of course, a lot of his great work and how he's influenced the uh, the game today. And I say the game as in the landscape of wrestling was like he did stuff in Smoky Mountain, right? And a lot of the other developmental territories, which is, you know, why you'll see what CM Punk has laid a tribute to him. So SB3, you've seen every match ever. Um, you got any tribute you'd like to lay down to Tracy? I mean, most most of all, I think, like like you said, his ECW work, being a part of the flo- the full-blooded Italians. And uh, I, 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 I just... I just Yes, yes. I just loved like his his charisma. It just bled through. He didn't get a lot of uh, on the mic time in ECW, but just him dancing to that to that theme of the FBI just is one of my favorite memories of him. And uh, you know, blessings and prayers to his family and friends. But definitely uh, ahead of his time, from what a lot of people are saying, and seems like just a genuine great dude. From what all these tributes are saying. I always um, think that you should let people smell the roses while they're still here. And I, I, I would hope that he knew how much 
of an impact and how loved he was in the business. Uh, you know, people should get to enjoy the fruits of their labor. So I hope some way, somehow he realizes how many people felt his impact on the business and loved him in general. So from Alex McCarthy's wrestling daily, myself and SP three rest in peace, Tracy Smothers. Now, into other business, uh, just to let everyone know, of course, you can get involved in the show tonight with your super chats. Uh, that is my favorite part of this show when you invade my show with your opinions uh, and whatnot. I love it so much. So please, any amount, you are welcome to come on by and join the wrestling daily. You can catch up with us, of course, on podcasts. We are in a podcast form. We are on your eyes right now, but we can also be in your ears. And that is with Spotify, Apple, Acast, all of those good podcast providers. Uh, and last but not least, we are so close to Wrestle 2 hitting a landmark milestone of uh, 30,000 subscribers. So please do, if you uh, like what you see, like, share, subscribe, do all of that good stuff. Go on, be a good egg. Alex McCarthy likes his good eggs. Um, SB3, man, we're about to jump into... Wednesday nights, and of course, you got Wrestling Daily, then Quizzlemania, guys, which you have to hang around for. Where tonight we've got uh, Louis Dangor defending his title for the first time, which he won when I was on Quizzlemania. Uh, I think he's got like six laptops set up around him. He's a cheater, I'm telling you. I'm, I'm sure of it, SP3. Um, <laughs> you know, I scored like 87, I came third. What kind of quiz is that? Um, robbed. Anyway. <laughs> well, um, well, you know, you know, Luke takes steroids, and and well, this is it. <laughs> he's got yeah. the Quizzlemania steroids. But Louis is one of the most knowledgeable wrestling fans and wrestling journalists that I know. He's going to represent Wrestling Daily tonight against the Hollywood Connection over there. Well, yeah, that's it. So he's got Adam Pearson, of course, and uh, Sean Rossat making a return to the show as well. Of course, we're rooting for Louis secretly because of the Wrestling Daily connection, but still. I was robbed. Anyway, <laughs> and of course, after that, it's AEW and NXT night. NXT bringing to the table Halloween Havoc, man. I, I, even for some reason in my mind, SB3, I was like, ah, oh, you know, Halloween Havoc's going to be on Saturday. It's tonight. Um, and it brings us to our first bit of news for everyone, because apparently somebody is going to be off that card, SB3. Yes, uh, they have a uh, their own latest outbreak. It's the fourth outbreak of COVID nineteen in five months. Uh, it's it's kind of an interesting situation. This was reported by Wrestling Observer uh, that there was a their latest outbreak. Someone tested positive on Friday, and whether you tested positive or negative, they're going to be there's a couple of people that's going to be on a two week quarantine. Thus, they're they're not going to be appearing on Halloween Havoc. I know Fightful also reported that the person in particular that's going to be off the show was not supposed to be wrestling, but they were supposed to appear on camera. So it's very, very interesting. And it's very interesting. It comes like a week after they had just reported that they're being investigated as this hotbed of mm. the month. So it's, it's not the best time right now when it comes to WWE, when it comes to this whole pandemic. Yeah, I mean, considering they're operating out of one place, I don't know why they didn't do the NBA bubble and just just do that. Like, I know that it's hard to keep people away from their families and stuff, but um, whatever they're doing right now isn't really working. I think that's fair to say. So, man, uh, hopefully they can review those protocols. But what we do have tonight at Halloween Havoc, of course, is Santos Escobar and Jake Atlas. Uh, we've got Dexter Loomis and Cameron Grimes in a haunted house of terror match. Memories of Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton come flooding back to everyone. Um, 
And of course, we've got Raquel Gonzalez and Rhea Ripley. Man, I'm surprised they're burning through this match now, SB3, man. This is a big WrestleMania weekend encounter, in my opinion. This is at least a takeover type match, but this is what happens when they're in the ratings war. We get we get a whole bunch of matches like Adam Cole versus Keith Lee, champion versus champion. We get the battle. We had the the battle of the badasses between Mercedes Martinez and Rhea Ripley inside of a steel cage, and now we're getting Rhea Ripley versus Raquel Gonzalez. So I'm not too surprised, but I agree with you. This should be like a takeover match. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, we've got a couple of comments banging here. Rest things. These are my guys, man. I um, They were on the shortlist for guys I wanted to work with on this show. No doubt. Uh, great podcast they've got going on here in the UK. Please do check them out on Twitter and their podcast if you can. I like those guys. I like them very much. Uh, we have our first super chat of the night, and it's going to actually parlay us into the impact Hard. So let me just finish telling you what we have in NXT because there is Damian Priest and Johnny Gargano. There is Io Shirai and Candice LeRae. And of course, both of those matches, whilst for titles, are spin the wheel, make the deal matches. Um, very interesting. I haven't heard anything about what these could be. Um, but I am curious because you know what, SP3? I used to really like the Vegas style uh, spin the wheel that they did on Raw, you know, in the Bischoff era. The Raw Roulette. Exactly that. Yes. I dug that. My favorite would have to be, I think it was TLC with, uh, it was supposed to be Kane and Hurricane, but it was Kane on his own versus RVD and Jeff Hardy versus Spike and Bubba Ray versus Chris Jericho and Christian. That's my favorite Raw Roulette match. That, that is amazing, but I can't believe you're going to leave out William Regal um, as a showgirl. <laughs> you're going to leave the British legend hanging like that, are you? No, no, no. That's that's a very famous raw roulette moment. <laughs> but one I want to forget, honestly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. Um, speaking of British legends uh, and British in general, uh, SB3, let's reveal the shirts we're wearing tonight because I am the Pete Dunne, the Bruiserweight, but you have done one better. My favorite WrestleMania ever, WrestleMania 17 with Rock and Austin. I want that T-shirt, man. Yes, I have to thank my my beautiful wife. She got a discount. She she actually works at WWE headquarters. So I'm I'm giving you a spoiler right there. Wow. Yes, I, I haven't even said that on my podcast. So so see, I'm giving you the goods on Wrestling Daily. But yeah, she get she had a discount and she got me this as a gift. So thank listen, you. Listen, listen, SP3. If you stop dropping, if you start dropping bombs and inside scoops, your missus is done. <laughs> <laughs> she is finished. <laughs> They'll smell her out a mile away. God damn. <laughs> no, no, she doesn't give me anything. She's like, she's like, she's keeping her mouth shut. She's like, this is this has nothing to do with you. I'm like, okay. I can't All I right. can't even see her on calls or anything. She's like secret. Let me tell you, that that's better than a scoop, is that no. t-shirt. That is a fantastic shirt. I want to buy it, man. It wouldn't <laughs> fit me because I'm terribly overweight right now, but I will buy my own. There you have it. Uh first super chat of the night from Jobber JJ. Who <laughs> shot? Johnny Bravo, my money on Phil Mitchell. I don't think SP3 will even get that reference. There's a show over here called EastEnders, SP3, uh-huh. um, that when I was a kid was big, heavy news, and Phil Mitchell got shot, and it was like a big whodunit. I think it was even around the era of who run over Stone Cold Steve Austin. It was a very turbulent time in the UK, SP3. <laughs> um, but, man, I think, um, yeah, do you want to lead people down what happened on Impact last night? Because it is crazy stuff. 
So it was the long-awaited uh, wedding, the unholy wedding between uh, Rosemary and John E. Bravo. John E. Bravo is a former referee and uh, manager of Taya Valkyrie. Uh, they got married because Rosemary smelled his virginal blood and w- wanted uh, a piece of him. And uh, Father, oh. James, Father James Mitchell was uh, the the orchestrator of it all uh, that got them married. They said their I do's and then the lights went off before they were going to make their very first kiss. They've been an on-air couple for the last couple of months, but this would have been their first on-air kiss. And then the lights went out. We heard a shot and then he was down on the floor with a blood stain on his chest and Tommy Dreamer came in and said, who shot Bravo? And no! Evil, either, either, a, either a reference to evil to Evil Dead 2 apparently or I, I mean I wish he would have just said Ricky for one of my favorite movies ever Boys to the Hood Boys of in the course, Hood of course <laughs> great film great film I mean I'm starting to piece together they're like who's Ice Cube in this and who like it's Tommy Dreamer I don't know I don't know man I don't know who to you know uh, are we saying Tommy Dreamer is um Cuba is that who we're saying yes, yes. <laughs> He's Cuba Gooding Jr. Absolutely. <laughs> Tremendous. I, I did hear they're ruling out Marge, uh, Maggie Simpson as, the, as she was not the person that shot Mr. Burns. I mean, Mr. Bravo this time. She was the person who shot <laughs> Mr. Burns. Spoiler, like 20 years on, but she was. Um, let me. <laughs> you said a lot of sentences there. A lot of words <laughs> came out of your mouth during that tirade um i do applaud impact for kind of thinking outside the box and stuff but man that's wild i can't wait to see what they do with that let's get into another super chat that we've got here from george yamin he had a couple of great super chats yesterday by the way thank you very much brother um got an idea what if the world title champion versus champion the loser has to defend their title in the royal rumble match now I like it. I like it because I thought it worked very well with Brock Lesnar. I didn't think it worked uh, as well with Reigns in 2015. Am I getting that year right? Where Triple H win it? Or 16? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I think that that's a cool. I I love steaks. Not the, you know, I do love steaks, the food, but I mean, I love matches that have steaks um, and ramifications and all of that stuff. Um, so I do think it actually is a good idea to have something on the line because if it's a champion versus champion and you can't take the belt home and become like unified, you need there needs to be something, right? Uh, this bragging rights stuff sucks, I think. Yeah, I mean, I was not a big fan of bragging rights uh, 10 years ago. And this whole, like, going back and forth, the score, there has to be something on the line, in my opinion. I think the fans will be more invested in it. I heard a couple of good ones uh, yesterday during the chat of people saying that uh, the winning team of Survivor Series goes for the number 30 spot, have like a five-way. I like stuff like that. Those are unique ideas that nine times out of ten we're never going to see because they're just on this whole brand brand supremacy for a whole bunch of people that have just been on their brands for about two weeks. Mm, Yeah, They bleed that blood, SP3. You know they do. Um, Anthony Manzano, I bring up this comment because he says, Alex, with this outbreak of COVID, are they cancelling NXT shows tonight? No, that's not what we're hearing at all. Apparently, it's all steam ahead. It's just one person they've had to withdraw from the show.
A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's another bit of news we need to get to. And to get our way into that, I want to ask SB3 about what happened to the NWA women's title last night. Break it down for us, brother. So on UWN Primetime Live, which is associated with the NWA, the main event was Serena Deebs of AEW versus the champion Thunder Rosa. CM Punk fans will remember her very fondly, but carry on. Absolutely. (laughs) And Thunder Rosa actually lost the title to Serena Deebs in a very good match from what I told. I have to, that's, that's one on my list of of things I have to watch this week, but uh Great, great. I'm not comment. even gonna say it. I'm not even gonna say it. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> but uh yes, and then the reports out of that has basically been, I think it was first uh Dave Meltzer, of course, of Wrestling Observer, who reported on uh, made a tweet that Serena D's beat Thunder Rosa and that AEW and WWE were interested in Thunder Rosa. Uh, after which, I think today, late, earlier on today, PW Insider did report that Thunder Rosa is still under contract with the NWA, which makes more sense to me. I just recently had an interview with Thunder Rosa where she did talk about the time that WWE did offer her a contract, and she really was very, inf- uh, very emphasized that she was cared about her independence. And I know she had just recently had her first MMA fight. She very recently has an independent promotion called Mission Pro Wrestling, all about supporting women's pro wrestling. And she's very passionate about that seceding and becoming self-efficient. So her signing with WWE did not really line up with me from, you know, having that conversation with her. I I thought more for AEW, but even that is kind of like so-so because she did say that she wasn't aware of, 
what her status was with AEW. I know uh, Denise Salcedo also did an interview where she was like, she was waiting on a call from AEW because she had such a good time over there. And she told me the same thing. So it's a very interesting time for Thunder Rosa, but I, I will go more for the PW Insider Report and I will go full on the other way on the BSO meter for what Melter said. Okay, so hang on. Before we close up this uh, segment, let me say, um, Thunder Rosa, man, I think she's one of the best female talents in the world outside of AEW or WWE right now. Uh, she deserves a huge platform to perform on because I do think she's excellent. I've loved her since Lucha Underground, to be honest. Um, and yeah, I listen, um, AEW works for a lot of people because of the schedule that they keep. And of course, WWE have that kind of similar schedule right now because of the way the world is. But eventually there'll be live events again and commitments and things like that that you have to adhere to. Um, that's why AW could tempt over, you know, Joshi's and of course, you know, uh, even Yuka Sakazaki and B Priestley was able to make the flight there and then come back and work stardom. There's a lot of people that it works for. Um, and it would be great for Thunder Rosa and her schedule to do the same. Um, having said that, you know, WWE, of course, they bring money and heavyweight with them. And guys like Seth Rollins have made his black and brave schoolwork and you know people have done outside projects with the wwe schedule so it's not impossible um i can't i would find it hard to believe that aw would let another world-class woman slip through their fingers if they did with thunder rosa again it would be almost criminal if they let that happen so i don't know man so you're saying melts Meltzer said wwe likely you think red I think that's all the way red on the oh. arena. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we're, we're saying Meltzer. Oh, man. Sorry, Uncle Dave. Uh, and we're saying that PW Insider are actually bang on the money. Yes. I think okay. they're, they're in the green. All right. All right. Mike Johnson versus Dave Meltzer. You heard it here first. Um, I don't even know why I've got you on the show, SP3. Go get your missus. Tell, oh, is she – are they – Thunder Rosa signing with WWE or not? <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna whisper to her. She she she's she's probably mad at me when she when she's watching this back. Like, why'd you say that? <laughs> yeah, don't worry. We, we've kept. There's no names. It's fine. It's fine. It only takes a deep social media search, but don't do that. All right. Um, the next super chat in the bank is Maddie, my Scottish friend. Maddie, how are you doing, brother? Appreciate you tuning into the show. My stake tonight was class. He sent me a picture. It really was. Um, got a question. Early predictions for Rumble, uh, for winners of the Rumble. And why? Um, I answered this the other day. And I will circle back and give you my thoughts again because they have not changed. SP3, who are yours, my friend? I'm going to go with uh, Big E. Because I'm, I'm all for Roman versus uh, The Rock at WrestleMania 37. But without a, a sold-out crowd, I don't really see the value for WWE and bringing in The Rock. Although The Rock would, you know, is very, very on the money as, as far as supporting his family members. I don't see it, a return for WWE's investment because they're going to have to pay The Rock a lot of money to come in. So <laughs> I at Big E winning the Royal Rumble and going on to verse Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 37 would be my prediction for right now as, as of this date. All right. So let's lock it in women and man. Who are the winners? Uh, I'm going with big E and then I'm going to go with Bianca Belair. Ooh, see, I see. I love both picks. Um, my man's pick, my man's, my men's pick is big E. 
Um, I've said this for a while. I've been a huge proponent of Big E. Um, we all know that. It's the worst kept secret in the business. I love him. I think he's the next big thing. Uh, a main event are waiting to break out. Um, I think the Rumble makes sense for him to win it. Uh, for the female, I think if Sonia Deville returns, it's a no-brainer. Um, she was on fire before she left. And all that's happened to her, people will want to cheer for her, man. Um, I think... I think it's all there. I, like, weirdly enough, before she left, like she was having matches with like Lacey Evans, and I was like, "Man, this is great!" Like it was really hard hitting stuff. Um, the work was there, the character was there. Um, I just think, I think Sonya Deville would be an, an amazing pick, and you can make that story work in a million ways. Um, but oh my god, I've just seen someone in the comments say this: Adam Southfield, hot take, Bianca Belair is highly overrated. Adam. No. Why? What are you saying, my brother? I um everyone's entitled to an opinion, by the way, on this show. Uh let me let me stipulate that first and foremost. This is a friendly opinion environment. But my God, um, she has got all the tools to be the next like poster girl of WWE. That is I mean, man, that's a spicy take. I I think literally in terms of look presentation um because she's like original there's no one else like her the skill set the strength my god like she's legit these vignettes are not some sort of um promotional marketing thing to present her in a certain way that is her she is legit um yeah i man i've got to tell you well, okay maybe she's not like super polished now but believe me the 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 assets the attributes are there I, I totally agree with you. Bianca Belair, I said this in the first May Young Classic after her, in my opinion, the best match of the 2017 May Young Classic was her versus Kyrie Sane, where she pulled out a 450 splash. And I was like, I've never seen, I, I've never seen a woman do that in WWE. This, they need to shoot her to the moon. To the moon! As <laughs> to the moon! As Cameron guys, we said, like, I, I said it before, it's like, it's like Sasha Banks and Charlotte Flair came together and it created Bianca Belair. They like, amalgamated. That's the they, word. They amalgamated. I like that. I'm going to use that. <laughs> they amalgamated. She's so athletic. She's so charismatic. She has a great look, like you said. And she, she's just, everything that she does is just perfect, in my opinion. She's not putting out the five-star classics like Io Shirai, who I think is one of the best in-ring, period. She doesn't have uh, the 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 stature or the reputation of Asuka. But when it comes to everything else that you need as far as presence, and that's what you need, especially in the main roster, Bianca Belair has got it. In time with the right stories, the right angles, I'm telling you, she's going to be big, big business. And by the way, Charlotte Flair has been telling me for years that Bianca Belair is the truth. Like, as far as women in WWE go, they all really think that she is like the next big thing. So don't take our word for it. Take it from the best in the business today. Um, one more from the chat before we get moving on to news and tonight. Um, Anthony is back again saying, SP3, what is your opinion on the segment that happened after the Roman and Jay match at Hell in a Cell last Sunday? Um, I have to imagine he's talking about being anointed the tribal chief uh, officially with um, Affa and Seeker and whatnot and where they go from here. So SP3, tell Anthony what you think. My my good my good brother co-host of True Hill he top guy JJ said it best Roman got anointed or laid as the tribal <laughs> chief and head of the Samoan wrestling table 
all the food comes through him. I thought it was the perfect, it was the perfect touch to what was a fantastic match, in my opinion, when it comes to emotion, when it comes to storytelling, everything about that match was on point. Uh, it didn't have the amazing work rate of like, you know, of Sa- Sasha and Bailey was probably the work rate, uh, as far as work rate, the best match on the show, but amazing. As far as emotion and storytelling, this was everything you could ask for. And then Alpha and Sika crowning him, the tribal chief. Not not your tribal chief, not the tribal chief, our tribal chief. Praise him. And I've been on this Roman bandwagon for years, so I was all for this. Listen, the, at the Wrestling Daily, Alex McCarthy, SB3, he is our tribal chief. Absolutely. Let, praise. Let, let praise the name Roman Reigns. Uh, he's on fire at the moment. I'm seeing some great hot takes in the comments, guys. Remember, if you want to get them on the show, all you have to do is super chat us, and we will go into great detail about what you uh, about what you send our way. So, without further ado, we've obviously touched on Halloween Havoc and the card there. Let's talk about AEW as well. And man. They've kind of stacked the deck tonight. We've got Eddie Kingston in action. We've got the next round of the tournament where you'll see Kenny Omega um, and Pentagon now because obviously uh, Phoenix is is or Phoenix is is out out injured with a bad neck. Uh, and I've got we've got Wardlow and Hangman Page as well, which to me is really exciting. Um, man, that's enough to get you in. But the NWA Women's Title is on the line already again. Um, and man, and of course. They follow up the segment of the year in the eyes of many. And uh, Jericho and MJF are going to have a bit of a sit down tonight and hash things out, uh, whether they should join the inner circle or not. SB3, tell me what you're looking forward to the most and what you expect from Jericho and MJF, probably sand singing. <laughs> I, I, will, I will talk about that first. I, I felt like it was the greatest wrestling comedy segment of 2020 and possibly of the last 10 years. I, I prefer my yeah. steak medium well. I've never heard of it being blue. And I and I used to be at hotel concierge sending people to steakhouses in New York City, and I've never heard anyone get their steak <laughs> blue. So I learned something new as well. And it was something that none of us expected, and it was just beautiful. And I think the follow-up is going to be just as funny. It's going to be a little bit different with uh, the, the people, I guess the audience or AEW roster kind of chipping in to make it a little bit different from all the other stuff that we've seen. So I'm expecting big stuff there. Uh, the, the thing I'm, I'm looking forward to the most, especially after that classic between Penta and Phoenix last week, is Penta versus Kenny Omega. I was yeah. there live for their first meeting at All In, still to this day, the greatest wrestling event I've ever been to live because of what it meant to professional wrestling. And then that match was the my favorite match of the entire night. And I think they're going to tear it up. And if I'm not mistaken, that's the main event of the evening. So they got the nice platform, a nice stage to really perform and show out. And I think we're going to be amazed by what they do. Man, I'm so engrossed. I was anyway in the MJF Jericho story, just because of the, the talents involved, man. Um, but I can't wait to see how this um, devolves tonight. I think they could, they could make this run. They could make it run like Owens and Jericho did for months and months. They could make them this powerful team and then have it explode next year. It doesn't have to be now. Um, but yeah, I think they probably will pull the trigger ahead of full gear tonight. So let's just see how they do it, man. I mean, AW, their execution of these things thus far have been pretty damn good. 
So um, I've got all the faith that that will be great. I can't wait to wake up tomorrow and watch both of these shows because there's plenty on both for me to be very, very excited about. And that's why Wednesdays are great. I, I love them so very much. Um, quick one, SP3, just from me to you. Would you prefer it if the shows were on different nights? Um, yeah, I think it would be uh, a lot easier, you know, for, for you guys in the UK, instead of having to wake up and spend like three and a half, four hours watching a show. Yeah. And then for me in the US, I have to, after AEW is done at 10 p.m., I watch NXT. You know, I, I used to do the, have one thing on my laptop, have one thing on the, on the TV, but I was never able to really focus on one show. I know exactly. There's a lot of people that do it, but you know, when you when you're into wrestling media, you have to pay attention to to the small things, and you're gonna miss out on something if you watch it at the same time. So I prefer to watch one after the other, and I think it would just be easier for all of us. Uh, I I don't know if I would put it on. I think Tuesdays is a great time for them because uh, for NXT, not yeah. AEW. I think AEW has kind of cemented their their spot on Wednesdays. But for NXT, if they go to Tuesday or even Thursday, I think it's just much better for professional wrestling fans and for them in the ratings, honestly. Yeah, no, hard agree from me here. Um, again, looking forward to seeing where that goes tonight. We've also, we touched on this a little bit earlier with the things that have happened for NXT and the evolving state of their show tonight, thanks to COVID. Uh, and there has been a little bit of an outbreak we're hearing this week. Uh, details from Dave Meltzer, John Alba, Sean Ross Sapp. So covered by some pretty heavyweight guys. Um, SB3, talk us through how WWE once again have found themselves at the mercy of the virus. Well, like I said earlier at the top of the show, uh, someone is someone at the PC has basically tested positive. Uh, this was this past Friday. And yeah. because of that, to avoid the spread, uh, anyone who was there at the PC on Friday, uh, they have told been told to stay quarantined for the next two weeks. So uh, we, we're uh, apparently it's someone that was supposed to be on camera. It's not anyone that's supposed to wrestle tonight. So I think we're going to get all the matches that have been advertised, but it's, it's going to, it's going to cause a, a shift to the show because someone who's supposed to be on camera is not going to be there. Uh, I know fans are supposed to be in attendance there tonight. They were tested on Tuesday night ahead of tonight's show. They were supposed to have a hundred fans in attendance at the Capitol Wrestling Center. So I don't know if that's going to change things as well now that there's been an outbreak. But it's it's very interesting time because they're being investigated by the uh, Department of Health of Orange County as a virus hotbed. So this is like the worst possible time for another outbreak and it's very soon i think the last one was in september so to come right back the following month within just a couple of weeks it's not a good look for wwe nothing that a uh, super pack donation won't help uh moving along i uh, i must say though just to circle back we do use the bs almost here and everything that those three guys that i mentioned reported seems to be very accurate so alas the green BSometer dons your screen um moving on in the news there is one thing that i would like to sort of switch to because it's not news and it's not something we need the bsometer for but big e says that daniel bryan is the one behind his big singles push now anyone who knows um i interviewed big e a few months ago and he said that wwe had already laid out his plan for his solo run like almost step for step 
He already knows it. He already knows the destination. He did say he'd believe it when he sees it, <laughs> which, as anyone who lives in WWE, should well do. Um, but Big E has definitely said that Daniel Bryan has been behind his run. And, of course, we all know Daniel Bryan has been in production meetings for years now. He is also moving towards the end of his career. Uh, he says that this is probably the last full-time contract that Daniel Bryan will wrestle, um, which makes me very sad just to even say. But SB3, man, um, you'd want it to be Vince McMahon, really, who is the centre of your push because, obviously, that carries more weight, um, however flippant he can be about his pushes. But at the same time, having someone like Daniel Bryan lobbying to work with you, that gives me great hope that the direction of Big E will be the one that I personally enjoy. And it also gives me great hope that we'll get Daniel Bryan and Big E, almost more importantly. That's what I'm looking forward to, is Daniel Bryan versus Big E. I know they had a an encounter during, I think, one of the gauntlets, I think when during Daniel Bryan's initial comeback in 2018. And I love I love their chemistry together. Just just Daniel Bryan bumping all over the place for uh, Big E. It's just great. I I totally agree with you. I'm gonna be. I'm sad that this is potentially the last full time run. He did specify full time. He did. Run he did for, for Daniel Bryan. I am a huge Daniel Bryan fan. He's the one that made me fall in love with the independent scene. So. Uh, and and then further fall in love back with the WWE due to his rise through the ranks. So I'm very sad to hear that, but I'm very happy that he's having an impact on the behind the scenes in WWE. We we talked about it before that um, he has some control for the SmackDown storylines. He was the whole reason that Grand Matalik had a title shot while we were seeing more camera time for Chad Gable as well as Drew Gulak. So I think that he needs to get more into the ear of Vince McMahon and everybody else back there and tell them that Big E is the guy to get behind because Alex said so. Alex is the, <laughs> the head of the Big E bandwagon, the BEB. So, so he needs to get on that bandwagon. He needs to get in the back and he needs to push it ahead in the WWE for Alex and myself. I'm a big, big, big E fan myself. I honestly think he can break through the same way Drew has to the main event picture. Like all the tools are there. I don't think Big E needs to change much um, about his presentation or personality. He can dial it up whenever he needs to. I, I always think that's really lazy criticism um, where people go, oh, you know, they're not serious enough. Like that's bollocks. Bollocks is what it is, um, which is a really British way of saying rubbish. Uh, <laughs> SB3. Um, so, I, yeah, I remember because. Um, Booker T was the guy, uh, and we can get on to Booker T in a minute because he can't stop talking at the moment. Um, but he was a guy who said that um, Big E had to change some things up if he wanted to make the move to the top. And Big E said to me in the interview that this is coming from a man who had a faux British accent and was King Booker to get his title run in WWE. Like, come on. Um, people want personality, man. It's not a crime. You don't have to be... Yeah you know, regimented or serious all the time. Um, before I move on to the next bit of business, which will be um, Booker T putting his foot in his mouth again for my money. Uh, it is another super chat from Joan L. Um, does WWE actually want Thunder Rosa or do they just want to take away potential wrestlers from AEW? Um, Joan, that's a, uh, a very... Delicate but 
I understand the question. And I I just think talent is talent for me, SP3. And I think Thunder Rosa has a hell of a lot of it. Um, it you couldn't lose by signing her. You know, it wouldn't just be to spite AEW because you would use a talent like Thunder Rosa. SP3, what are your thoughts on Jones' super chat? I like that question because I think I was I was under the same theory maybe two, three years ago where WWE was getting guys like Keith Lee and Matt Riddle. I just thought they were trying to stop the rise of New Japan at the time, Ring of Honor. So I, I kind of get why she's asking that question. But like you said, Thunder Rosa is a unique talent. She brings something totally different from what we have from the main roster or even NXT. Just uh, her look. Uh, of the Mexican background and then her experience in being in all these different places. I kind of like my, my interview went like an hour long where we talked about her entire career and now she's been in Mexico, in Japan, and then the, the whole the whole stint in Lucha Underground, then coming to NWA, being in AEW. She's kind of been every single place where, you know, at the, at the, when I heard that she was likely to go to WWE, when I first heard the report, I was just like, okay, maybe because she's kind of checked off everything on her list up until WWE. And I feel like it's an AJ Styles type of thing where, you know, they gave her a contract for a referee before, but now she's increased her value to them. And now they can come back with a different deal, want her to be a wrestler. And she might think about it because it's better for her family and her career. And you have to remember as well, like NXT in particular have have picked up a load of people like Thunder Rosa, right? Like Mercedes Martinez, Damian Priest, a lot of people that have been around and done the business in, at the various companies. And WWE decides to make use of their talent in the winter, you could say, of their careers, or certainly the the latter stages. Um, you know, Thunder Rosa has more time than that. But what I'm saying is, she is someone who. I could imagine her going to WWE and putting on a lot of great matches, being a great hand, having a character that would get over with a lot of fans. So I, I don't think that it would be just spite AEW. Um, I, you know, uh, albeit, I, you know, are they making the push for her if she doesn't done what she has done in AEW? It's another question. It's a different question, but that's and, a different. And another thing, one of her dream matches is with Mako Sat- Satamara. So, ah, come maybe. to the UK, Thunder. Come on. <laughs> I know Get you're all for that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, damn, I'd love to watch that. Um, Matty is back with a super chat once again. The hot Scott, and he says, bollocks is the most British thing ever to say. Yes, Matty, it's right there with tea and crumpets, my friend. You're not wrong. Um, so thank you very much. We've had some hot takes, guys, from the comments and some super chats today, which I have enjoyed very much. But we have some video ones, too. So I feel like we should move on to those with 20 minutes of the show remaining. Um, And we're going to start with our very own Pete Quinnell. Right. My hot take is that Charlotte Flair is the most overrated female wrestler ever. People treat her like the greatest women's wrestler ever 
and she isn't. Her promo style is bland and boring. I've never been invested into anything she's saying. She doesn't take her opponent seriously all the time and is constantly just smiling. It's the same problem that Cena had when he does all the childish jokes against his opponents and doesn't take them like a threat. Same thing for Charlotte. She just smiles at them constantly. Never sells for him properly. Never treats him like an actual threat. And people treat her like she's the greatest in-ring wrestler in the world, and she's not. She's good, but there are way better. Peter, um, I'm very upset with what just transpired. Um, I don't agree. I think nobody will be shocked to learn. Um, it's a hard disagree from me there, Pete. In fact, you know, you say about her promo style being boring and, you know, being bland or whatnot. I felt... She really pushed along the Bailey and Sasha Banks angle when she popped up on SmackDown a few months ago and got in the face with Bailey and started um, teasing things. And Sasha's reactions were great. Um, and you have to remember, Charlotte's position is to, you know, okay, with a smile and whatnot, but she does kind of look down on people because she's at the top of the totem pole. That's what you do when you're the best, you're the queen. That is character work, Peter. It's not. Just because, what, she's one-dimensional and all she can do is smile. Do you think she's, you know, she can't hold a smile or something, Q-tip? Come on, man. It's nothing to do with um, just being basic and bland. I do think, um, are there better talkers than Charlotte Flair? Sure. Sure there are. But you can't tell me she's ever had a bad pay-per-view match. You know, let alone a pay-per-view main event. She's never had one. She's always great. Um, doesn't sell properly for opponents. It's ridiculous as well. Like the stuff she did for B Becky Lynch in their last women's standing match, which I would put in the top 10, maybe even top five women's matches in WWE history at Evolution 1. Happy anniversary, two years today, ladies. Hope there's another one soon. Um, you can't tell me that. I, I refuse that, in fact. I refuse the notion of what you've just said, Peter. It's a terrible take. She is one of the best in the world. Like you said, yes, yeah, she's good. Of course she's good. Um, but my God, like it's one of those things where she delivers in the spot she's meant to be. And it's not her fault that her name is Charlotte Flair. If she was Charlotte Smith, she's still an amazing worker who deserves to be in the spot that she's in. She would still be where she is talent wise. Maybe not. She may, you know, okay. Doors open for her. Of course. Right. She got there quicker than some, but you can't tell me that the look, um, and the talent in the ring and the presentation and whatnot, all that kind of encompasses the flair name in a lot of ways. You can't tell me that it isn't a great package that deserves to be at the top of the card because I think it does. Uh, and I will see, I have seen someone in the comments say, Oh, we forgetting TLC match last year. Are you really trying to tell me that Charlotte Flair's fault that Kyrie saying got hurt? Come on, man. Come at me, come at me with better comments than that. Um, Charlotte Flair, one of the best workers in the world today and that goes to helping put matches together. That goes to, you know, the actual action that we see going around in the ring in terms of like how it plays out or not. You know, Rhea Ripley told me ahead of Survivor Series last year. Was it last year? It was last year. Remember the spot where Charlotte Flair has her Sasha Banks in the figure eight and then Rhea Ripley bridges Sasha Banks. Charlotte Flair's idea, not for Charlotte Flair, is to get Rhea Ripley over. Oh. Come on now. Like these are all things that you have to take into account. She's not just a selfish worker. It's not her fault. She gets booked to win loads of titles. You have to understand that. Um, so I think you, you have to remember, yes, okay, I will give it to you. She's not the greatest promo in WWE. No, she's not at all.
But to say she's not one of the best workers, uh, I, I resent that. SB3, I pretty much said everything you could say on the matter, but please feel free to get involved. That's that. That's the true hill heat that I look for. Like, <laughs> we, we just scorched them. Um, I, I totally agree with you. I don't feel that Charlotte Flair is overrated. I, I do get where Pete is talking about with her promo. Her promo is not that strong. But as far as in-ring, she's one of the best in-ring, period, in the WWE. Regardless- like, sorry, sorry just, like, I get that um, the, the argument about her being pushed. But like we're, we're talking yeah. about a separate thing. Like I can yeah. I can agree with people. Like you know, in in some ways, she's been in a, a that spot too much. And Triple H told us that the Rhea Ripley loss was going to mean something uh, at WrestleMania, and, and ultimately it hasn't yet. I understand all of that, but we're talking about in isolation, Charlotte Flair, the talent. Yes, and and it's a difference between overrated and overpushed. I think that people get that confused. Like Roman Reigns was overpushed for a time. Oh he God, never, was he? <laughs> he was, in my opinion, he was never overrated because he was one of the best when he came to the main event WWE style that they look for. But I will return that hot take with probably even hotter take that might cause you to shoot on me. Uh, okay. Becky Lynch is an overrated worker. Becky Lynch is not that great in the ring. I, I I enjoy her on the mic. She is very strong on the mic. But if it wasn't for Charlotte Flair and, like I called her last week, our Lord and Savior, Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch would not be the star that she was in 2019, the end of 2018. I think that is all because she went against Charlotte, and then from Charlotte she went to Ronda Rousey, and that caused her to go into the stratosphere and become a top star. Without them, I don't. I think we would still be asking for Becky Lynch to be pushed. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm not going to argue with that too much. I think um, Becky deserves a lot of credit for the matches that she did put together. Right, like the, as we said, the, the last woman standing and things like that. Like she has, and she had great chemistry with Oscar as well at the Royal Rumble. And I know you could say she's opposite great workers too. Um, but she plays her part. You can't, you know, she's not bad, but I think you have to look at it. Like, is she the technician that the other horsewomen are? You could argue not. You could say that. Um, is her character and, you know, charisma the best out of the four? You'd have to say it probably is. So it's 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 a it's a balance, right? And 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 when I say the worst or best to any of those four women, the margins are very small because they're all great. They really are. Yeah, I mean, I, I just prefer Sasha, Bailey, and Charlotte. I think that Charlotte is not that good as a babyface, but at the same time, Becky wasn't that good as a heel. And so I yeah, think well. <laughs> I think well, that had to do with timing as well. But even in NXT, she didn't spend that much time as a heel because she is just genuinely likable. So some people are just better in the face position than they are in the heel position. That's why I prefer someone like Asasha Banks, who is is shown that she's pretty good at both. So mm-hmm. that's just my preference. I think that Sasha is above all else when it comes to the horsewoman. Yeah, well, I mean, right now, for sure. Um, and, and I think the other thing with that is, you know, you can say technical-wise, and there's a, t- there's a bunch of wrestlers that technically are, like, amazing. There's loads of that, right? And you could say in-ring, blah, blah, blah. But the, the the people who are real superstars are the ones that connect with fans. As Pete actually says up here, uh, let me just quickly get that. He responds to what you just said about Becky. Um, so it's true. She has that great connection with the fans. Thus, what she does in the ring and the spots they put together ultimately mean more. 
And that is very important to figure in because that's not a, like a skill that happens by chance. There's a lot of equity you build up. There's a lot of different things. And Pete, so just to read out for the podcasters who may not be able to see Pete on the screen. Funnily enough, there's a clip on this very channel talking about exactly that in reference to SP3 saying Becky being overrated in the ring. I think Becky is also overrated in ring wise. She does have a great connection with the fans, though. So I think, um, you know, it, can Becky do a 950 off the top rope? Um, you know, I don't know if anyone can, but can Becky do it? No, probably not. But I do think in terms of the man and what she's brought to the table, you can't, she's undeniable. You can't, you know, you can't have that. Uh, we've got a super chat here before we move into the fight. Oh, dear me. The final um, hot takes that we have on the agenda. And that comes from Pablo. I know people are loving my Spanish tonight. Um, do you think Dragunov will beat Volta tomorrow? Ah, man, that's a tough question. Um, you know, NXT has got a few bangers in their back pocket and signing Ben Carter and, you know, and um, Satomura as well. Like that, they've done great to replenish. Um, but I do think this is the best match they have. And if anyone has seen what they've done in um, WXW or Progress, you know what you're about to get. It's going to be a hell of a barnstormer. Uh, and I think it will probably dominate the vast majority of the show tomorrow. It'll be like a half an hour, much like the tag match the other week. Do I think Dragunov goes over now? Ah, probably. I know that's very non-committal, but there's all, there's always that thing in the back of your head that's like, oh, without a crowd and all of that. But I think we've come to live without it now, where it's like you can't hedge your bets on, well, we'll do it when the crowd gets back or whatnot. Like The time is now. He's been built really strong. I could see Volta retaining to then get us to another juncture where this happens. I say 60-40 Dragunov wins. That's what I'm going with. SB3, what are you saying, man? I'm, I'm going to be more committal, and I'm going to say yes. I think Dragunov wins. And I hate saying that because I'm a big Volta fan. Uh, with a V. Yes, with the V. I get I get upset when people call him Walter. Volta. <laughs> his name is Volta. I am a huge fan of Volta. I remember when he came into uh, NXT UK at TakeOver Blackpool. I was in my house popping like I was in that crowd at Blackpool. I was in that crowd. Oh, man, I, I am jealous of you. I am jealous of you for that, but I am a huge Volta fan, but I think that is Dragunov's time. I think that the fact that Piper Nevin didn't beat uh, Kaylee, Kaylee Ray, uh, I think that it leaves it open for Dragunov to be that first big title change since the return of NXT UK. Yeah, I think you're right. I do think you're right. Now let's get to the final hot takes before Quizzlemania gets underway with, uh, well, it's going to be a stack show over there with Louis Dangor, SRS, Adam Pearson, of Adam Blompier, and of course, your regular Wrestle Talk contributors. So, TJ Andrews, what have you got for us? Hi, guys. Uh, my hot take is that WWE needs authority figures. The biggest problem they have is that authority figures usually turn heel because of the legacy of Vince McMahon. And what they need the authority figures for is sort of Survivor Series, Money in the Bank, King of the Ring to announce all the people that uh, are going to be on it. My question for you is, who would be good authority figures for Monday Night Raw and Friday Night SmackDown? Thanks, guys. TJ, thank you very much for your hot take, my friend. Really appreciate that. And also, it's a good topic. Um, it's a very good jump-off point that I probably need more than five minutes for, but I will do my best. Uh, SB3, I don't know about you, but I feel like William Regal does it perfectly in NXT. 
not too much, not too little, not too biased. He's just straight down the middle, appears when they need some clarity, and that's pretty much it. Um, and I feel like that is the way to do it these days because nobody will ever do it better than Vince McMahon did it, right, with that kind of heel authority. Um, I just – it's cool if you can find another avenue to make use of people like that today. Um there will be Uptown Avondale. Um, I'm just exploring whether YouTube want me to say that. Okay, um, we've had some we've had some feedback on that, so please bear with me on my uh, Dave Chappelle fandom. Um, yeah, so I, I do think that there is uh, th there is ways to do. It. I thought Paige did a good job of it on SmackDown when she was there. Um, I, I do think there are different. I definitely think that there is room for it, right? If they do it correctly and it's not overbearing, that's my main take on it. And I do think um, that Adam Pierce has been good in what he has done, old scrap daddy himself. But I, uh, yeah, I would like something more firmer to get us there. Um, just something more official. And I do think William Regal is probably the yardstick in that, in that degree. SB3, what do you think, man? I agree with you. William Regal is very good in his role, probably the best of the past few years. Uh, Paige was excellent, as well as Daniel Bryan before the whole Shane yes. McMahon versus Kevin Owens storyline, which kind of got him involved in the main storylines. Not, not Mike Adamley, no? Uh, <laughs> not so much. To, 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 to answer uh, the, the question, though, I would say Nigel McGuinness would be my, my pick for an authority figure because he was great as the authority figure for Ring of Honor a couple of years ago. And I think that they, now that uh, Wade Barrett is a commentator for NXT, I think that would be a good role for Nigel. Yeah, I love Nigel very much. Um, there's, there's a lot of good personalities in WWE that they could do to make that work. So let's talk about the next one from Juliano. I hope I'm saying that right. I gave you a lax Spanish. Juliano, I, I don't even know. I don't even know what I'm doing now. Here we go. So my unpopular wrestling opinion is that since coming to the USA Network, NXT has been the most consistently good wrestling show. Um, AEW, it has its moments, it's very good. But I'm much more disappointed in AEW than I am with NXT. On a much more consistent basis. So, yeah, NXT has been great since the USA Network. He's disappointed regularly. SP3, that's pretty astounding. Um, listen, I'll make this brief so I can let SP3 pontificate, good word by the way, on uh, on all things this subject from Juliano. Um, I think NXT TakeOvers are the best shows in the world. I think AW Dynamite has been the best weekly show of the past 12 months and only SmackDown recently has rivaled it. I said what I said. SP3, uh, that's not a knock, by the way, against NXT, because I do think it's great programming. I'm just saying. Uh, I do. I think TakeOvers are NXT's high spots, and I think Dynamite um, has been great for AW. SP3? I think NXT, I agree with you. NXT TakeOver is the best like pay-per-view special out there in professional wrestling. It's the most consistent. It gives you high-quality in-ring action. But when it comes to weekly television it's not always just about the in-ring. Like, in-ring, I get, I would get what he was talking about. I would say that NXT is more consistent in-ring than AEW. But when it comes to a wrestling show, you have to include promos. You have to include angles. You have to do 
something happened, something noteworthy happened. I regularly review the Wednesday Night Wars on the True Hill Heat podcast, and literally, it's like two lines of information for NXT because nothing happens on most weeks. And it wasn't until they introduced the Broser weights that there was any type of charisma on the show, in my opinion. Like, no yeah. one was standing out as a character. No, nothing was happening where I would be like, okay, this is noteworthy. Let me talk about this. It just wasn't happening for a long time on NXT. Like the past year, we've seen it in the ratings. We've seen it in critical acclaim. AEW is just consistent in giving you something to talk about after the show, whether it's a Ladena Debonair, whether it's a banger match like the dog collar match between Cody and Brody Lee or yeah. the the parking lot uh street fight you're not getting those type of like tv matches of the year from nxt anymore and nxt used to be there when it was an hour and i only saw guys every two weeks every three weeks it was much more consistent i think we talked about it last week with the injuries to nxt it's having a drain on so many different levels of nxt being on usa for two hours whether it's the condition of the wrestlers whether it's the stories and then TakeOver doesn't feel as special as it once did as well. So it's having adverse effect on the best show that they offer. So I totally disagree with this hot take. Good hot take because that's a hot one. But It's all out of the oven. Yeah. <laughs> but I 100% disagree. Yeah, I, I think, um, yeah, I'm with you on that SP3. Um, although, yeah, I mean, it, it's all to taste. Like maybe he prefers women's wrestling and that's not a shot at AEW, but NXT, of course is very heavy on that. And I do think NXT is more of a kind of, you know, wrestling base. Like a lot of their stories and, and storylines are told through the matches, whereas AEW is, uh, it's a bit more, like the era I grew up in in wrestling that I loved, also actually era Ruthless Aggression. It kind of reminds me more of that, where there's a lot of different layers and stories. So I can see why that happens. Um, so as we close here, because Quizzlemania is going to get underway in the next couple of minutes. Uh, I did just want to read out that the producers from Sunday night, for anyone who's interested, Michael Hayes produced Roman Reigns and Jey Uso. Chris Park was the producer for McIntyre and Orton. Um, Tyson Kidd and Pat Buck were the producers for Bailey and Banks at Hell in a Cell. Um, Tyson Kidd, of course, has done a lot for um, women's wrestling over the last few years. So, yeah, anyway, I thought that was very interesting. I know Jamie Noble. That actually had me stunned a little bit. Yeah, that that's actually quite surprising. I, I'm not too surprised with Michael PSAs being behind uh, the Roman and Jay because of the emotion involved. And he was the producer for matches like HBK and Flair and HBK. Yeah. Michael, uh, HBK and uh, Undertaker in the past. So that makes a lot of sense. And like you said, TJ uh, Wilson, Tyson Kidd, he is this generation's Fit Finley for what he's doing for the women's wrestling in WWE. Right, and we got one more super chat before we roll here, and it is from Queen of the Ring, SB3 Forever. <laughs> Thank you, Queen. I was, I, heat I was forever. sitting. I was sitting next to her at All In, which I was talking about earlier. So, Queen of the Ring, I love you. Oh, amazing stuff. Right, we better wrap this up. Thank you very much, guys. Catch the podcast on uh, Spotify, on Apple, on ACAS, all of that good stuff. And of course, join us again tomorrow where I'll be with Steph Chase reviewing all of Wednesday's night's action and the news. Once again, thank you so much, guys. SP3, you're the man. Thank you all for watching and joining us.
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.